On today's episode of The Fifth Line, we discuss the Pacific Division. We take a look at the potential landscape of the NHL's West Coast Division, grading their off-season moves thus far, as well as discussing who has put themselves in the best position to contend for a playoff spot. You're tuned in to The Fifth Line. Ah, yes, welcome to the second week of the fifth line. Um, we're back a little later than normal. Yeah, just a little bit. Hope everyone had a fun 4th of July. <clears throat> um, I'm just getting my voice back finally. It was at Blink-182 a few nights ago. Yeah. But okay. enough personal stuff because we're heading out west for tonight. Um, California IA and then the rest of the division, obviously, because there's only three teams in California. In an eight-team division. Yeah. It's eight well, teams, but I mean... Boy, is it weak. It is looking. It's going to struggle again thanks to, oh, boy, teams like the Ducks, the Kings, and the Oilers. A lot of those teams just held true to what they were doing last year, didn't go out and get anybody really new, made a couple small adjustments. But there were some teams that went for it, and those are the teams that we're probably going to end up talking about more today because we are obviously covering the Pacific Division, who hasn't sent or who hasn't had a Stanley Cup champion since 2014, so five years ago, with the L.A. Kings. Wow. I mean, the Kings, the Ducks, Oilers, and Flames, the only ones to have, <clears throat> only ones that have uh, Stanley Cup uh, rings under their belt. But, yeah, of course, all, a lot of those were a while ago. Yeah, it's... But... Other than the Kings, the last one was probably the Ducks in 2006. Yep. Or seven. 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 Well, one of those two. And yep. then it was the Oilers and Flames back in the 80s. But we're not here to talk about the 80s or the past. We're here to talk about the goalies because we love goalies. Well, more importantly, Horwat loves goalies, and I, I just like talking about it. You you like the pads. I love goalies. I've, yeah, actually, I have goalie. thoughts on many goalies. My favorite one is in this division. <laughs> Your favorite goalie is in this division? Oh, love Martin Jones, dude. Oh, that's who I was thought, thought you were talking about. Oh, boy. About. But my favorite goalie is in this division, too. All right. Well, coming from Pittsburgh, of course, our, so both of our you know, more favorite goalie, goalies are going to be Marc-Andre Fleury. He's yeah. going to be. But, uh, we, but we are going to rank the goalies who we think the best five goaltenders in that division are. We're going to be doing that for every division, really, in our upcoming episodes. So we're going to start with the Pacific Division. Horwat, I see you're scribbling, so I'll, I will start. My number five is Big Save Dave. Dave Riddick, I think, or Riddich, is from Calgary. They just got his backup signed in Cam Talbot, so we'll see how that goes. But I think he had a good season last year. I think it was kind of kind of crappy that he got benched come playoff time for Mike Smith. Smith did a good job. In the first round, but they still lost. He played well, but they still lost. The team just didn't play well. And I think Dave Riddich is out for a good season coming up. I'm going to fully agree with that. I actually have Riddich as my 5-2 as I just kind of wrote it up. But, no, I mean, he really proved himself to be the starter going into the playoffs, even though they used, even though the Flames decided to go with Mike Smith. Um, the old guard staying... For the playoffs, it you know he ended up leaving and going to the going to Edmonton anyway, so it's now Rich's net unless they decide to give Gam Talbot 
more time. Because oh, I hope not. That is there's dumpster fire waiting to happen. That is, but they do also have a third. Right now, they have a third goalie on their uh, professional roster. Um, Gillies, I cannot remember his first name. I'm pulling it up. John Gillies, they have him on their professional roster with two a $750,000 contract. He's 25. He probably won't see much time unless Talbot or Riddish go down with an injury. Yeah, I would imagine he's only there in case of injury. Not much more other than that. Um, But the Flames are an interesting team to look out for in in the net because Dave Riddish is just still a newer guy. And Cam Talbot, I think, just he can't put him up anymore. No, he had that one good season with Edmonton two years ago, and since then it's just been... He's crazy. played pretty much 80 games a season since then. <laughs> yeah, it's not... It, it, it isn't going well, but needless to say, he's not going to be in our top fours. Um, speaking no. of top fours, my number four, and you're probably going to get real upset, so let's start with that. Uh, Jonathan Quick, I think, is the number four best goalie in this division. Okay. My, so my top five is very weird. We'll talk about it whenever I get to mine, but I can understand how Jonathan Quick is still... Is how he's dropping from he because of is not as good as he used to be. He used to be completely shut down and almost to the level of Carey Price without being on that level because nobody is. But at this point, his quick style of game is not really working out well because players are gradually getting better at picking corners, and you <laughs> can't just be speedy and good at the bottom of the net. You have to be a lot better on the blocker, high blocker side, and that's something that he's struggled with as his career has gone on. That's why I think he's he's dropped down. Plus, you just see the results that he's put up. He can show flashes of his 2014 and 2012 self in which he won Stanley Cups with the Kings, but it's still more often than not, it, it's the watered-down version of Jonathan Quick for the Kings net. Um, I'm going to agree with that. It would help a lot more if he had a team in front of him that could um, stand up better defense, um, which I think they should be able to do this year. They finally shed it off. Dion Phaneuf, who... The pylon. Retired, didn't he? No, he didn't. No, he's just he still didn't. looking he for a job. He's, he's, he's still looking, agent. yeah. There are some good free agents we'll talk about a little bit later. There are some pretty big names that are left open in free agency. Oh, yeah, there are. I'm seeing a couple. <laughs> um, Unrestricted, I mean. not Not restricted. Oh, yeah. No, that's – the RFAs are a whole different deal that yeah. will get handled eventually. Yep. So who is your number four? Uh, my number four, I have Martin Jones because I can understand that he is a good goalie. He's better than Aaron Dell, who is his backup. But um, it is a – I just wrote this down. It is a show-me year for a lot of these goalies, especially him because – he didn't have the greatest season, but yet the Sharks somehow made the playoffs and ended up going to the uh, Western Conference Finals. It just looked brutal going in with his numbers. He ended up making, he ended up getting some very good games out of him into the playoffs. But um, I'm going to go back to the. It is a show me year for a lot of these guys because if you just run down, like guys like Dave Riddich, it's his second year. Can he hold up his momentum? I actually had Martin Jones as my three, so you could just keep talking. I, I had him up above Quick just because I feel like he's in a better spot in his career. I think Quick in his best overall in his career is better than Jones, but I think Jones is at a better place currently. Yeah. Continue with what you were going to say about Jones and show me yours. No, I can see that. And then John Gibson's coming into his prime, who um, Johnny Whitehall, <laughs> Pittsburgh boy, he he's coming into his prime, and he just needs a team in front of him as well to show that he is – a very good goalie. He's my number three because he is a phenomenal goalie 
who just needs a team in front of him. Johnny Whitehall, Johnny does it all. That's about the only yeah. player that did anything on the Ducks last year. So, especially well, hopefully when, he gets some help. And his backups are, you know, old man Ryan Miller and Anthony Stolarz. Newly acquired Anthony Stolarz, yes. So, yes, so we assume with that Ryan Miller will ride off into the sunset soon. Yeah, I'm surprised he re-signed. I thought he was getting ready to retire this season. But, you know, he's back for another year, so he'll get a 10, 15 games in a Ducks uniform. Maybe some of those cool third unis. Maybe that's what he's aiming for for that one-year one year deal. I'm shocked. He, I'm shocked he didn't go to a team where he had a better shot of winning a cup, considering he's a goalie that has the name recognition that could vouch for one of those kind of signings. But... I'm trying to think of what team has like a cup pedigree and needs a backup. Go to Florida. Yeah. Why wouldn't you get you go to Florida backup Bob? Yeah. It's sunny there too. It's on the East Coast. It's calm. Although the Florida man will get you. So Gibson was your number three. Yeah. John Gibson was my number two for all those reasons. Johnny does it all. Johnny Whitehall. Just carrying that team, basically the only reason anybody would want to watch a Ducks game last year and probably going to be the only reason anybody would want to watch one this year. So who is your number two? So my number one and two, I actually have kind of sharing spots because I have Jonathan Quick and Marc-Andre Fleury. I have them sharing spots because it is both show me for all of them. Goalies' careers are usually on a plateau. Like, you'll go up, you'll hit your thing, you'll hit your stride, and you'll hold on to that for a while, which I think is what Flurry and Quick are both doing still, but they're both about to hit their end. It's just a matter of when it happens. I think both of them are still holding their strength, though. Um, Flurry has a team in front of him who can perform. He's getting a better team in front of him every day, it seems. So that'll be good to see him have another season. He Another great season. He could have been up for a Vesna last year. Um, was very close, it seemed. And then... John the Quick is just still mobile, athletic, and can still get it done. Um, if he can just get a team in front of him, I feel like the Kings could be a playoff team, but it's just not going to happen. No, I don't think in that division. And then also with the way the Central Division is shaping up, and we'll talk about them next week on our episode of uh, the Fifth Line, but just the way this division is shaping up, you're going to need a lot more than a goaltender to get yourself into the playoffs. Like you said, Jonathan Quick still has the flexibility, the most ridiculous goalie splits I think that we've ever seen in the history of the NHL. And then Marc-Andre Fleury, who is my number one, obviously, if you couldn't tell, it wasn't going to be anybody from Arizona. But Marc-Andre Fleury is my number one, not only because of his pedigree, not only because of his resume, but just because of the fact that, like you said, he should have been up, could have been up for a Vesna last year. I'm not going to say should have because the finalists were all pretty good finalists, but... He does have the team in front of him. Originally, when he got there, everybody thought that it was the te- him that was carrying the team, and now it's the team that is helping him. But I still feel like when it, you go down all these goaltenders, Flurry, like you said, he's on that high level. He's still playing at the top of his game. I don't know if I necessarily agree with you that he's getting ready to hit that decline, but I feel like he has at least two to three years left in his prime just because of his revitalization by going to the Vegas Golden Knights organization. Uh, they're both getting there. It's not a matter of uh, them hitting it now. It is really a wonder of when it'll happen. And you obviously don't want it to be soon for either of them. They're both you know, great goalies who have, who could have you know, decent careers left in them. Um, Fleury's got three seasons left on a contract of $7 million, which he will be 37 at the end of. 
Um, so who knows if he'll sign a small one somewhere if he still has that skill. I mean, we know Martin Brodeur, like we've seen guys like Martin Brodeur can hold on to that skill until the day they retire. Um, but other guys in the uh, – just knock out the rest of the goalies. There's Antti Rant and Darcy Kemper in, in the Coyotes field. That's a one-two punch of, well, you got someone back there. You can – we saw last year that in this – in today's NHL, you can run a tandem into the playoffs. You saw Leonard and Grice do it for the Islanders. Yep. You saw Morazic and McElhaney do it for the Hurricanes, even though Morazic, you know, Morazzle Dazzle did it in the playoffs for him and not Mac. Well, McElhaney won a couple games for him. Yep. And that was it Boston series. I forget which one it was, but I believe it was the Boston series or the Islanders series. Either way, you do have those two guys that are playing in that division. Vancouver, who knows? Uh, Edmonton, we do know, but we <laughs> Edmonton is looking like a fire, man. Mike Smith. They got Mike Smith. Edmonton and Calgary just basically, if you skip out Cam Talbot being in Florida, switch goaltenders. Mike Smith is 37 years old, which I didn't know about. I knew he was old. I didn't know he's 37 years old, playing for a one-year, $2 million contract. Um, but he'll probably be the starter over the $4.5 million man in Miko Koskinen. Oh, three years, $4.5 million left with, with a no-trade clause? What do you mean left? That contract just started. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, three it, years. It just kicked in. Where is it? Where is it? Where's the, where is all that? I know I can adjust it all. But, yeah, he's got also a no-movement clause with all that. That's the funny part. <laughs> you, you can't get him out of that, Ken Holland. Good luck. Mike Smith also has a no-movement clause, but it's not like that mattered. Yeah, it's a one year. One year, and then he'll probably hang it up finally. Probably, I would imagine, especially if they make the playoffs and do anything like that. I don't see it happening, but it, that's an if. It's a it's a monster-sized if. So, moving from the goalies to the full teams. Oh, we got one team left here. We got the Canucks, because uh, Jakob Markstrom and the future of goaltending, Thatcher Demko. Thatcher De- I forgot about Thatcher Demko. Yep. I was about to say, who do the Canucks even have at goalie anymore? Yep, Mar- Markstrom's still there, and then they're probably going to get make Demko the back up for a little bit and then see how he plays out also down in their system still is michael dipietro uh who got some game time in last year because of (laughs) just a little bit oh and it wasn't pretty but um they have that's one way to put it god they have future they have a good future backstop right there with you know demko and dipietro as a one-two uh, Marstrom is in his last year of his contract. He's young. He'll probably go somewhere else and play backup, though. I would imagine he he strikes me as the backup kind. He had moments last year where he looked like a dominant one, but he can't. He hasn't been able to hold on to that, and it's not somebody that I think can hold on to that for a long extended period of time. If he proves me wrong, he proves me wrong, but I just don't see that in Jacob Marstrom. Uh, so now we did cover all of it. So all yeah. The goalies, right? All right yep. Sorry about that. Moving from the goalies to the full team, which team, in your opinion, made the best chunk of moves the best offseason which gm has had the best offseason in the pacific division i wouldn't now i don't know who there hasn't been much movement in the pacific aside from a couple teams have and a couple teams yeah have not. vegas has made their moves but they were necessity moves to shed money they yeah they had to hold serve just because they were in a cap pinch and they they had to get rid of some people but they had you know an embarrassment of riches at this point but they also still have they still have as of right now, they're over cap space, but they're gonna have they're gonna be putting a lot into LTIR, which will save them. But they also still have the coveted Nikita Gushev to sign. 
He's still an RFA over there. And I don't I mean I don't know what kind of pedigree he has. I don't know if he's worth a ton of money or if he's not, but he cuz I I've looked a little into, into Gusev just because it's one of the more interesting storylines left in this 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 postseason, offseason, whatever it is. Yeah. But he is an RFA with Vegas, but if they do not choose to sign him oh, or however this happens, if somebody matches it, there's teams that are interested in him. And they're all in the Metropolitan Day. Oh, the hell yeah, they are. Uh, the Islanders are in on him. The Blue Jackets are in on him. And apparently the Pittsburgh Penguins have a lot of interest in Gusev. Interesting. I didn't know it was a lot of but interest. But the problem right now with Vegas is they don't have the cap space, and he was one of the top scorers in the KHL last year. So he, the, one of the things that we've been hearing coming out of his camp is he might possibly he might be the number. He wants more money, and people are not willing when he haven't, hasn't played a game in the NHL to do it. A lot of people are – he's, I believe, feeling like he could be kind of the Panarin effect, an older player that played in the KHL first, came over to the NHL and just lit it up. But – you never know. Is he threatening to go back? I don't believe he's threatening to go back. Okay. Not from what I've seen, but I could be wrong. Well, that's good. I mean, this team is a pretty solid team. Like, I don't see any reason why they would need to shed any more. Um, other than maybe signing a sixth defenseman. Okay, never mind. <laughs> they currently have five defensemen on there, cap-friendly. They still Derek Anglin's a UFA. If all else fails, I'm sure they wouldn't mind bringing Derek Anglin back, and I'm sure he wouldn't charge him much. Yeah, but um, other than that, so the the Knights made necessary moves. Um, there is the the Sharks who made um, they made necessary moves to make an unnecessary move. I feel like they had to sign a lot of their players back. And they had to lose a lot of players, and they did. Well, did they have to sign, you know, did they have to sign Eric Carlson for $11.5 million? Apparently, I don't, I... So, I think we, we said this last time, like, we knew Carlson was going to get that money. It was just a matter of who was going to give it to him. I honestly didn't think the Sharks were going to ante up because of how many other people they had to sign. I did, did anyone see their captain leaving? <laughs> nope, Joe, Joe Pavelski, gone, like... Like that opened up a lot of space for them, and they've figured it out. So they made necessary moves to make the to make the unnecessary move. But doesn't it just even out, considering the fact that they signed Kevin LeBanc for basically nothing for a year for one million dollars? He's going to be an RFA again. For yeah, but he took one million dollars. <laughs> That's right. After scoring seventeen goals. And almost 50 points last year. I think I heard they offered him more, and he said, I'll take a million. <laughs> the hometown discount now. Yep. He looks really good in the eyes of the Sharks organization. Maybe that'll go into his contract talks. So you look, they funny. re-signed Tim Heed, which doesn't matter. They signed Timo Meyer, which was big because he was one of their rising yeah. stars last year. But you look at the pedigree of the people they lost. Jonas Donskoy, who was a hot and not goal scorer, kind of a poor man's Patrick Laine. <laughs> they lost Justin Braun in a trade with Philly, which he was a decent defenseman in depth, but they have two all-star top-tier defensemen. You talked about Joe Pavelski already. And I thought a, a really big loss for them was Gustav Nyquist. That's right. I knew I missed one. He was there. a rental for him. Yeah. And he went to Columbus, and thank God for Columbus, because if they didn't get him, I'm 
pretty sure that arena would have been burnt down. Yep, it would have been. And what's his name's head would have been on a pike. Why can't I remember his name though? Uh, the GM. Yeah. Um, yep, that guy. Kekalainen. Kekalainen. Yarmo Kekalainen. I almost said Kapokaka, but I knew that wasn't it. It's fine. I almost said something else, and I can't remember what I was even about to say. Um, other than that, like, so those are just necessary moves that needed to be made for two teams. So. I'm going to just narrow it down to the one team that made another popular move was the Phoenix Coyotes. Arizona. Arizona Coyotes. Boy, oh boy. The Arizona Coyotes. Um, that was my pick as well. I, I think okay. they had the best offseason moves. If you just look at who they lost versus who they added and who they re-signed, they re-signed Lawson Krause. That was their only big re-signing. So good for him. He was hanging out with Sean Mendez, whatever, <laughs> yesterday. They also added... Phil Kessel. We will talk about that a little bit more at length after I I go through this list. Mm -hmm. Carl Soderberg, who on that team could be a very good addition. Dane Burks, who, you know, just in with Kessel. A little bit more NHL-ready than P.O. Joseph. And let me remind you that they had the biggest acquisition of free agency so far. Do you want to take a guess at who they signed? Oh, I'm looking at their cap friendly. Who did they sign? Let me know if you want me to tell you because it is this is the biggest fish I think I could have thought of in the entire NHL free agency besides maybe Panarin. Who you got? Bo Bennett signed with the Arizona Coyotes. It is it was a fantastic find for me today. I saw that and I was like, wow, they're winning the cup. I saw him tweet that and I didn't know if he was being serious or not. Yep, he signed with Where? the Coyotes. I mean, boy didn't like He's Russia back from the dead. dead. What boy didn't like Russia? And nobody likes Russia. Come on now. Max Talbot retired after a year there. Yep. But you look at who they lost. They didn't. They lost a good oh, lot of players, Oh, there he is. Now too. I see. <laughs> you got to look in the minor leagues, but That's where I was looking. So they lost Alex Galchenyuk in, in the Kessel trade, which, you know, they they upped it for what they needed. They lost Nick Cousins. They lost Kevin Connaughton, P.O. Joseph, Mario Kempe, Josh Archibald, Calvin Pickard, and Richard Panic. Calvin Pickard is not a bad thing. He was not playing for them, and he was a lot of cap space. So that's good for them. Panic is a good player, skilled player, but you can replace that. Same with Archibald and Kempe, and P.O. Joseph had never played a game for him. So really, you look at who they lost, and it was Kevin Connaughton, and they even traded him. So other than that, who else even made moves in, in the Pacific? Uh, nobody really. You look at the Ducks. They, the they Ducks lost got people. rid of Corey Perry, yeah, Andre who- Schuster, and Adam Cracknell, and that's it. But they only signed Nicholas Delorier and re-signed Miller. There's a lot of teams that just held serve. Uh, the Flames added Cam Talbot, lost a couple smaller names. The Oilers lost preseason Hall of Famer Ty Ratty, Andre Sakara, Toby Reeder, and Alex Petrovic, which is nothing. They added Mike Smith, Marcus Granlin, who is going to be good for them, and so is Thomas Yurko. Yeah, It's some help on the wings. And then they re-signed Chason and Kara. And Chason had a good season last year, so why not? reward the guy and bring him back but no nobody else really made any moves um the oilers still have to figure the jesse Pujarvi thing out darn it would be a mere i don't see him staying there me neither there he, can't he, there can't be a way he stays on that team. he wants out and it's he needs out um other than that the kings didn't do much happy trails to peter budai who retired okay yep, yep. didn't know that one almost got into a fight with uh Mark Andre Fleur, that's always going to be what I remember ah, him from. That's who it was. And uh, having a black belt, so that was fun. Yeah. The Kings today signed Alex Iafalo. Ty- oh, yeah. Yes, Alex Iafalo. I almost said Tyler Toffoli. Yes, they signed him for two years, two, f- 
Oh, jeez. Oh, it's a weird number. It's one of those two years, 2.425. Two years, yeah. two and a half. Okay. Uh, and they still have to sign Adrian Kempe. Yeah. They already have Mario because they signed Mario Kempe. Yup. But the other team, I think, besides Arizona, not that I think, I know. The other team besides Arizona that really made a lot of moves was Vancouver. We have talked about them a little bit with their goaltending situation. They shed Luke Shen, Derek Dorsett, Derek Pouliot, and Ryan Spooner, a bunch of players that were not helping them, in my opinion, at all. They add Tyler Myers, a big physical defenseman that's going to be able to move the puck. JT Miller, who's going to be a great power play net front presence. Jordy Ben and Oscar Fantenberg, good you know, good defenseman down there. And then today, they signed Michael Furland, who was one of the better free agents available after the first. So I think they've done a really good job. They re-signed Josh Levo as well. So I think they've done a really good job there at basically holding serve but improving their team and might be able to push for a playoff spot. Who knows? Yo, Brock Besser still needs a contract. <laughs> yeah, he is one of those RFAs. Ooh, there's a lot of RFAs left looking at all of these now. I got a picture on here that when we get to talk about it, there's some there's some names. There's, there's some points on that list. Oh, will another offer sheet come out? Probably not, but hey. Maybe not. So I feel like those are the only two teams that really, really yeah. did anything. Van- Vancouver made some moves. San Jose re-signed a lot of assets, but you lose Pavelski. That's, that's a oh, hard that's thing huge. to lose. And, you know, the teams from Southern California did nothing. As per usual. They're not going to do anything until next offseason, maybe. Probably. In every division, there is always a surprise team that comes out of nowhere. Last year, I think it was the Flames for the Pacific Division. I think we can all agree yeah. that the way that they came out last year was the surprise. Norris Trophy winner, and honestly, like we had the we had the talk on the uh, the old radio show. Um, who had the more impressive season, the Lightning or the or the Flames? Because let's think about it: the Lightning with that caliber and those guys, you almost expect that to happen. The Flames winning that many games, though? There you go. That's a hell of a team right there. And we already talked about their goaltending situation. They still trusted Mike Smith with a lot of those games. David Riddick came out and played out of his mind good, but but Mike Smith carried the load as well. Yeah. So, ah, God, a team coming out is a surprise to me. Um, I will give it to the Vancouver Canucks because they, if Thatcher Demko can be what he is, you know, like projected, uh, that's a great backstop. They have a pretty good team in front of them. They got guys who could score if they can just get rid of that Sutter contract that, hey, Ray Shiro signed. <laughs> but if they can get rid of that contract and do something with it and figure out Brock Besser, which, I mean, they will. There's no way they won't. Like, no one said anything about him leaving. But that could be a team that could surprise me. And also, I think it's finally, I think it's finally the Coyotes' year. That's my team. That's my surprise team this year. You you know last year, even... Even the year before. <laughs> the year before, they had a, a, a rough start. Strong push. Strong push. But last year, I was pulling for them to be that last playoff team. Obviously, Cal, or Colorado made it instead, which if there's only a couple points separate that separated Arizona from Colorado last season, that's a good look on what Arizona was doing before this offseason. Then we just gave them... Prod- Props for what they did in this offseason. They added a premier scorer in Phil Kessel. And they just got to figure out their goalie situation, I think. And they'll be set. I, I I, really believe that that team could be a playoff team this season. So do I. I mean, I. so our rundown, we, you asked how many teams are going to make the playoffs um, in the first one you sent me. I don't see any more than three teams making it from the Pacific because it's just not good. I agree. 
Um, but I do have the Coyotes being one of those teams because, damn it, it's time. Last year, it was the Flames 1, Vegas 2, San Jose 3, and they had no wild cards. So they only had three representatives in the playoffs, and two of them were eliminated in the first round. This year, who was your 1, 2, and 3 for the Pacific Division? Um, Well, unless you think that they're going to have a wild card, which we just established. I don't think they will. So my 1, 2, 3 is going to be... I- the Knights, Sharks, and then Coyotes. I think the Coyotes will be in there. At the three, they're not going to be blow away great. Because, I mean, it's still the Coyotes. <laughs> and it's still hard to play in a stadium that's only half full. But, you know, I still think they have the chance to become a team that can make the playoffs. And there's just no stepping over the Sharks or the Knights. There's really not. No, I think this is a two-tier. Yeah. Two-tier division, and it has the top tier. And last year, luckily, the Calgary Flames jumped in there, and it was a nice change of pace. But I think this year, I have San Jose at one, Vegas at two. I still think San Jose can just put it all together more. I said it when they went head-to-head in the playoffs last year, that San Jose had the deeper team, but Vegas plays as a team more. I still think with San Jose losing a couple of those guys, they're going to be able to rally. Joe Thornton is still unsigned, but he's – He's going to sign. He's an unrestricted free agent. It's not a matter of if. It's a matter of when with him, in in my opinion. And then, of course, I do have, like like you said, I have the Coyotes at three. I think the Flames last season were fantastic, and I think they had a great season. But I'm not sure that's something they they can repeat, and then I'm not sure they can take on any of the Central Division teams that will be in there for the wild card mix. I I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'd like to see... A bunch of teams give it a shot. I'd like to see the Canucks get up there. I think they're going to have a much better season. Second year of Elias Pettersson. When Brock Besser comes back, he's really yep. good. And then, like you said, if Thatcher Demko can come in and backstop that team and make some, give them some stability. They added some defensemen that could give them stability. Now they need the goaltender. I think that team could put, make a push for the playoffs. But like I said, San Jose, Vegas, Arizona, those are my three teams. Yeah, I think the the Canucks will be close for sure. I think the Flames might even be close. Like it might be a tight race, just a matter of um, becoming somehow becoming the better division in the West. But that's just hard to do with teams like you know the Avalanche, Predators, and you know even the Blues winning the Stanley Cup finally from a wild card position. Or no, they didn't. They were number three or two, I believe. I forgot. They they were in a wild card position, and they shot up really yeah. well late. So they weren't a wild card team. But the two wild card teams in the West last year won the first round. So so anything is possible, especially in hockey. Um, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I wouldn't be shocked if a lot of these teams made it. Well, maybe I'd be shocked if the Kings or Ducks made it. But If the Ducks come anywhere near the playoffs, I will be extremely – no nothing against the Ducks. It's just they don't have the, they don't have the team right now. Yeah. Shedding Corey Perry is a good start. Same with the Canes. They just don't have the ability. They have the namesakes, but that's what are they? The Kings could turn it around though. I mean, let's for the look that the Kings give. Yeah, they're not that phenomenal of a team, and they were terrible last year. But they got guys that could turn stuff around. Anze Kopitar is still a phenomenal player. Kovalchuk, man, we could just forget about that one. That was their big signing last year too. Well, that was dumb. Um. Dustin Brown's always hit or miss. Maybe he just has a hit year. Jeff Carter's still there. Oh, Jeff Carter's still there and rotting away. Tyler Toffoli's a great young player. Alex Ifollow just re-signed. He's a great young player. Trevor Lewis, okay. That's about it. And then the Kempes. And then you got Drew Doughty being paid $11 million forever and ever and ever and all men. 
but and the rest of their defense is just people. They're definitely just creative. But you look at it, they have $9.5 million left to space, and there are still some pretty good free agents out there that could help this team get faster, get a little bit harder younger, to play, like, I guess. Yeah, younger. Exactly. They need to be a little bit younger. That's what Anaheim is trying to shift towards, getting rid of Corey Perry. Next step is Kessler and Getzlav that they need to just get out of there. Shed. But you look at players that are still free agents. Jake Gardner would help them. Ooh, yeah. They have $9 million. Jake, you need a puck-moving defenseman besides Drew Doughty. Go get Jake Gardner. I'm, I'm surprised. It is July 10th. Why has nobody signed, not even signed, but I've heard nothing about Jake Gardner? That's Toronto hated him, but Toronto always hates one of their defensemen. So that's going to happen. He makes mistakes, but he's still better than a lot of players that are on teams. I'd, have Jake, I'd rather have Jake Gardner than Jack Johnson. Well, wouldn't we all? Oh man, I'm looking down some. There's a. There, you're right. There Ryan is, Boyle still a free agent. Sven Andrigetto still. A free Ryan Dezingle. Derek Brassard. Derek Brassard. <laughs> Hold on. Let's, let me just set this by. A lot of these guys are a little bit older. Patrick Maroon won a Stanley Cup last year. Can somebody please sign the man? Justin Williams. He might. Is Justin Williams going to retire? Do we know this? Yet? Uh, no. He's he's looking for a team currently. Hey man, Justin, you want some cups in LA? What do you say? Riley Shan? My boy Riley is a free agent, and you're telling me we haven't called him yet? Yo, Brian Boyle had 18 goals last year. He scored like 10 of those against the Penguins. <laughs> he had a hat. Yeah, I was in the building for a hat trick for Brian Boyle. Trust me, it was it was kind of depressing to watch oh, for man. me. There's some names still out there that could really help. Not too many of them are super young, but... Defenseman-wise, you... you you have a really big drop-off after Gardner. You have Phaneuf, Andrew McDonald, Mark Mathot, Nicholas Cronwall, which is kind of surprising because the namesake alone I would think would have gotten him a contract. No, I don't think but that... But you also have older players like McQuaid and Girardi. I don't think Cronwall would have made it. That dude's just old and beat down anymore. Um, is Chris Kunis going to retire? I believe he is. I think he's trying to shift into coaching is what I've heard. Ooh. Okay. It wouldn't be bad for him. Ben Lovejoy is also a free agent. That's the other guy I wanted to, wanted to pull up. He could. He was good for the Stars last year. I feel like he would help a team out. Man, there's a lot of people that just need to retire. <laughs> Speak, is, right, is, did Cam Ward retire? I tried to find it today, and I couldn't. He's still he's looking, it looks like, yeah. I couldn't. I looked very hard to find a retirement thing for cam ward find a retirement home for cam ward yeah yeah i was was very much trying you're doing it for him so that does it for what we're talking about for the pacific division our pacific division recap obviously we'll talk about the central division next week as to round out the western conference but before we go we have some housekeeping issues to attend to congratulations to matt cullen who earlier today as we're recording this on the 10th announced his retirement and to me one of the weirder ways because it didn't say anything about retirement until the three minute and forty five second mark so, of the video that the Penguins posted. You, so had, you figured it's what it was. So I'm glad you said weirder because I was watching the video and I'm like, listen, I'm a huge Penguin fan. I'm a huge Matt Collin fan, but my God, this why is this how you're retiring? Why is this it? Like I just don't understand. It's not like you It was a cool video. It was a great video. It was just weird thinking like let's think about it. He spent three years here. Granted, okay, he won two cups. Great. Yeah, I'm sure you spent more time in your career somewhere else. That, he like, did, but he, even in the video, he did say that I appreciate my time in Pittsburgh yeah. the most. 
probably because of the age of his kids when he was here. He won two Stanley Cups. He made friendships here. That There's a reason he came back after he went to Minnesota for a year. Yeah, and and I get why he did it. Like, I was just watching it. Like, I'm not trying to be you know rude about it. It was a cool video. It was a great video to see. It's, it was just very over the top for a retirement, especially when guys like Luanga retired who, you know. Did it in the coolest way ever. Yeah. All I'm thinking is watching this, I'm like, man, when Crosby and Malkin retire, <laughs> there are going to be whole movies made for by the Penguins on this. Like, And I will watch that movie over 500 times. Exactly. Just like the, the 50th anniversary film. Yeah. But no, so I was just watching, like, this is a cool thing, but it's just a little over the top. And it's and Matt Collins a great guy and a decent player, but he it's not like he was you know, a you know Listen. blow me away player. Really, fifteen hundred games. You're gonna disrespect the man that played one thousand five hundred and sixteen games in the NHL. I'm glad you had the exact number. <laughs> I do have the exact exact number. I have some other exacts. Give me one second. I can't say. Well, you look it up. I can't say it was that the game he scored his last goal in. You were at it. Oh, that was the Carolina Carolina game. game. He had all those games played that I said, 1,516, in 21 NHL seasons. Scored 731 points. So he's one of the top five American-born goal sco- or points getters right now that, are, that were active. Oh, okay. And he won three Stanley Cups. Wow. He's, he, wait, Put he, some respect on this man's name. Come he, on now. Is he a Hall of Famer? Uh, I don't know. Aha. <laughs> but... I mean, Guy Carboneau got in. It's very possible Matt Collin makes it. It might take a while, like it did for Guy Carboneau, <laughs> but he might get in. Um, it's, I'm not doubting it if he does get in. It's, I just thought the video was a little over. It was a little much. Uh, it was a cool video, though, and I can't hate it. Uh, props to him on the, on retiring. What else do we have for, for keeping, this, keeping up? For housekeeping? Yes. Oh, the dreaded offer sheet. <laughs> we saw one, finally. It, the boogeyman came out of the closet, oh, and it, it looked more like a tiny little puppy. We didn't. We didn't record after free agent did after free agency, did we? No, our first episode came out July first. Oh well, then how the, the hell? <laughs> okay. Oh, so there's actually a lot more to talk about in hindsight. Yeah. Um, the good old offer sheet of Sebastian Ajo from the Montreal Canadiens own. Oh, what's his name? Mark well, Bergevin. Mark Bergevin. Thank you. I former Pittsburgh Penguin Mark Bergevin. <laughs> um. Yeah. He just said, screw it, just make this kid an offer. I mean, let's be honest, I'm shocked he didn't look at other people. Not only did he make an offer, he made a piss-poor offer, in my opinion. Yeah. He low-balled Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, I mean, he's... I don't know how off-sheets work, work. I just know that... um, Hey, you're a player that's an RFA? Here's an offer sheet. You sign it. Technically, he was signed to the Montreal Canadiens. And then Carolina matched it. And he signed with Carolina. Oh, Carolina did the best way ever, too. <laughs> Will we match the offer sheet? Yes. Oi. <laughs> what? It was a Twitter poll. I know. What, did you just say oi? It's we. It's we? Montreal. We. Yes. Oh, there French was a Canadian. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> oh, my God. I, <laughs> hear me out on this. Hear me out on this. I thought it was Finnish. I thought they were doing it in his language. No, they were, they were trolling the Canadians, man. I don't Coming know from French. the man that texted me last week, that oh. says, so do the Canadians have a separate Twitter handle for um, English tweets? Oh, I was, come on, am I, it, you look for an English English tweet from if the Canadians. If you look at their, if you look at anything they put on Instagram, their stories, they do one in French, one in English. Yeah, and it's the same thing back to back. But yeah, no, the O O U E is, is we. 
for future reference. I thought it was just OI. I don't remember the whole thing. I just thought it was funny. It was funny. And that was and I, I, I didn't even think it was French. I just thought it was Finnish because I thought they were doing it because it's Sebastian Ajo. He's Finnish. Okay, I, that was know, my first thought. I didn't go. F- that's not as embarrassingly embarrassing than, than you just thought that we was oi. It's okay. At least at least I know that penguins are birds. Yeah, we got to get him on the show at some point. At least All I our, our quote-unquote new listeners. We also got to get Megan on the show at some point because she was really good for us at Rockathon last year that we're never going to be a part of again. <laughs> But the lost that, episode. Uh, RFAs, like we were talking about yeah. Sebastian Ajo. That, first of all, that offer sheet whole thing, so sad. Everybody was all afraid of it, especially in Toronto. They were like, oh, somebody's going to offer sheet Matthews. Arizona's going to offer sheet Matthews. I mean, granted, it was probably more of the kind of sporadic fans that are kind of just a lot more scared of monsters in closets and stuff like that. But boogeyman under the bed, the boogeyman under the bed, and stuff like that. But this offer sheet for the first one that I've really seen was not that daunting. The last one was Ryan O'Reilly. That was the last offer sheet before this one. How long ago? Twenty twelve. Oh, I don't remember. Uh, I don't remember. It was if it a long was... time ago. The last one that actually panned out. Oh, pff, I don't know. I don't know. But, but you, you look at all. Of- that and just the whole offer sheet thing we might see another one this summer but i'm i don't want to like it doesn't matter no but it's not gonna work no unless somebody gives an exorbitant amount of money to mitch marner and says here we have 14 million dollars in cap space and we don't give a flying that what it's not gonna do anything you got your list of rfas I do have my list of RFAs. That's why I ran out. Let's of hear them. The RFAs left? left could be an all-star team last year. Think about the amount of points that were scored on this and the fact that all of them, minus one, are <laughs> under the age of 24. Starting with Mitchell Marner. Mitchell. That's what they have it on here. Who just Marner. enjoyed his day uh, surfing or whatever that was. Wakeboarding. Wakeboarding, Wakeboarding yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Instead that of signing cool a contract. Video. Instead of signing a contract, he said, I'm going to just have fun. Uh, Braden Point for Tampa. And there ain't, there's no talks of him going anywhere, though. No, there's no talks of any of these guys going anywhere else. I thought there was a couple. Like Miko he... Rantanen. Oh, yeah. For Colorado. Matthew Kachuk for Calgary. Someone said, people have been saying he might get one just out Kachuk? of sheer spite. <laughs> Kachuk or Rantanen? Uh, Kachuk. Oh, just out of sheer spite for Ottawa. Well, he played for Calgary, so that'd be interesting. I'm I'm off today. I'm uh, on the wrong Kachuk, brother. <laughs> Kyle Connor. Okay. <laughs> Who? Come on now. He's really he's 22 years old. Oh, is... for 22 years old, he's a pretty good player. Yeah. Brock Besser, who's also 22. Yep. Patrick Laine still needs to be signed. He might. And then Jacob Truba, whose rights were s- sent over to the Rangers, still needs to be signed. Right. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if Line got one because he was like the other big one that people were like, well, he might get one, and then he had a tank of a season. Did he, though? Exactly. How many goals did he score? 30-something, and it's so weird. You put up 30-something goals. You put up 30-something goals. It doesn't matter how spread out they were. It's still 30 goals. Oh, but that. think if he would have scored during those games where he didn't. Boom. Now he's a 50-goal scorer. How many games was it? It was a, it was a ton. It was, I believe, 18 goals and probably 12 games. He went over when they went over oh. to, was it Finland or Sweden? 
Finland because they went they, home. When they, yeah, when they whenever whenever they went over to Finland, he went off, and that really messed up his shooting. Right, result. but then it was right after that. It was like a little bit after his five goal game, and he went like twenty some games without scoring. It was I think twenty six or twenty seven. Yeah, you score a couple. You spread a couple of goals in there. You got forty goals all of a sudden on a season, and then it's definitely more deserving of an offer sheet. But did he just spend money on that? Like, did he just did he just make his contract smaller than what it could have been? Yeah, he did. He it could have been a lot bigger if he would have had a consistent season and it finished with thirty five, thirty six goals. Nobody would have said anything about Patrick Lining not being worth it. Exactly, it wouldn't have mattered. So that's all we have for the RFAs. I have one more note. Do you have anything else before I do this? Because I want I want this to be the last thing that our listeners hear. Yeah, I got nothing. What's up? Happy trails to Calgary Flames former Pittsburgh Penguin Tanner Glass, who retired after last season. <laughs> Tanner Glass scored like two career points here. Hey, former Pittsburgh Penguin. All right, all right. former fourth liner. Grinder, heart and soul of the meat of the lineup. What Brandon Tanev will be for us for the next five, six, twelve years, if Rutherford has anything to say about it. Uh, Rutherford did have something to say about that because isn't Tanev signed like a no movement clause? Yes. (laughs) But I've heard a lot of good things about Tanev actually coming out of that that deal. A lot of people have said a lot of good things about him, so we'll see. Very hard to play against, very quick, and, you know, goes all over the place. He played for the Jets. I can't be too mad at it. It's just that's a lot of time to sign a bottom six guy. I looked it up. Tanner Glass scored 15 total points here. There we go. More than two. More than ten. He got into the double digits. So happy trails to Tanner Glass. Congratulations on your retirement. Congratulations to Matt Cullen on your retirement. Congratulations to who else did we say in this episode? Roberto Luongo. Everybody that retired. Congratulations to Most of you guys had a very, very, very successful Career Tanner Glass, you made it, you were in the NHL for that long. So, hey man, congratulations to you. You have more money than I'm gonna ever make. He's so. retiring with 69 career points. That is nice. Well, there you go. You could pour what finds the good thing in everything. But yeah. we will be back next week to talk about the NHL's Central Division, a powerhouse division that might be, I think, the second best division going into next year. But we will come back and talk about that and all that and more. All that jazz. All that jazz on the fifth line. From the fifth line, my name is Nick Berlansky. Oh, I'm Nick Horwat, and I'm having a great time. And this has been the Pacific Division, I don't know, what, preview? Is that what we're going to call it? Pacific Division yeah. preview. On the fifth line. See you guys next week.